Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. The thing is, I have co-workers. I have a variety of co-workers. Sometimes they're easygoing and sometimes they're problematic. My thing is about the shades of toxic masculinity. You know, there's the... What, there's well, hold the on. Well, before you go on, what is toxic masculinity? Well, I don't really know, but to my understanding, it's uh, like when you try to act masculine, but you do it in a uh, hostile or uh, tacky and unproductive way. When you act masculine, but do it in a hostile or unproductive, tacky, unproductive way. Okay. It's right, basically right, like something guys, that... Like guys, for, for example, like guys, oh, oh, my arm's bigger than yours. Hey, hey let, let, let's do, even if you don't want to, I mean, it might be playful. Let, let, you know, they might come over, let's do uh, arm wrestling or, uh, hey, dude, and then somebody pushes on you. Like, like the, I mean, it's actually harassment in some ways, but, you know, like... Some groups mm-hmm. want to say any any activity that resembles, some groups want to claim any activity that resembles. Homoerotic uh, dominance games. <laughs> <laughs> By the yeah. way, Chris is now but, joining but, us. Yeah, dominance games. Uh, but some people want to claim that, uh, any, you know, like some groups want to claim anything traditionally masculine, anyhow it's not a dominance game, is toxic masculinity. And then some people want to categorize all males as toxic you're saying that a person born female who's transitioning to male working with you on the garbage truck is acting like they've got something to prove as a as a man right although you want to act like a man so i'm going to be a toxic man and just try to be a total jerk yes that's that's happening in different work environments and and you don't want to beat this person like a redheaded stepchild because you still look at them and see a woman. Yeah. Well, it's I don't like this activity come from from nobody, but sure. I, I'm puzzled. Except for screaming at the supervisor and complaining, I'm puzzled. Like, how do you handle this? I mean, if she really hits me, you know, it may, I, I, tr- I have to restrain myself because legally. The world ain't fair when you're dealing with a yeah, woman. Yeah. But if it's another guy, I could smack the hell out of him and say, look, leave me alone. We'll, we'll, we'll both shoot out toxic masculinity to each other across the head till you, somebody gives up. But these women sometimes, not all of them, but sometimes they will tell you, I can't t- say it on the air, they will tell you, you the most inappropriate things. So what do you guys have any advice for Renee on what he should do mm-hmm. here? Well, I mean, I would probably talk to this person. My uh, my best friend had a tough wife, and uh, she wasn't masculine particularly, but she was she was a tough little woman, and uh, and and she used to bust my balls for from time to time, and and we ended up agreeing to be in an eternal state of war. So if we had to bitch bitch smack each other, we would, and we just settled that up front. So, uh, so everybody knew that, and and then I was comfortable with her, um, because she was like, I don't care, you know, and she probably didn't. She was a tough woman. Well, at the hot sauce plant, I'm not gonna stay because we're on the air. But she told me something inappropriate, and I matched her a different worker, and she ran 
Oh, Miss Bridget, oh, Miss Bridget, he's not talking to me like a lady. But what she told me was very manly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're trying to play uh, it so both she's ways. Tra- yeah, that's that's not good because that's, that's somebody trying to take advantage. I just wanted to call in and ask you, um, have you been experiencing um, people who have been ardent supporters of the COVID lockdowns and the mandates and so on and so forth? Um, them outright denying that various things like lockdowns and mandates have happened throughout the past two years, because that's what I've noticed. I've seen it on Twitter. I haven't, I haven't known anybody personally like that because when, when somebody is a controlling and cowardly freak, I tend to make a point of not knowing them personally. Um, yeah, but- I mean, those people, I presume, do exist in Keene, New Hampshire, which tends to be kind of a liberal town, but they're not real obvious about that, I guess. There's not like some sort of uh, a protest or whatever going on pro-COVID restrictions at the moment. But- I mean, there were a few people who threw me out of restaurants, but I never saw them again because I never went back, even right. after the COVID thing was over. But it's probably a way different situation living in a town like Portland, Oregon, uh, where I imagine you're surrounded by people like this, James. What's it What's it like out there? Oh, it is exactly as you would imagine. I'm absolutely surrounded by people like this. There's still mandates in place. Um, in many places, you still have to wear a mask, and you will get harassed and chased out of places if you refuse to. But they're denying Why are you still there? Oh, hold on. Before we get to that question, nobody, but these people are now in a state of denial. They're saying that those restrictions never happened? Yes. In, um, yeah. You know, I think what? it's beyond denial. It's gaslighting. Uh, I've yeah. encountered many people... Um, primarily online, but even in person, who said that there were never any lockdowns, uh, that no one was forced to get the vaccine, uh, and so on and so forth. And they they play little disingenuous word games. And like, for instance, they'll say no one was forced. Yeah, technically, it might not have been forced, but it was coercion, which is a step beneath force. When you say um, coercion, are you referring to like people in the medical industry or certain corporate jobs that were told you either quit your job or you get the vaccine? Yes, exactly that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it wasn't just an employment; it was, um, you know, uh, in schools. You know, mm-hmm. from from, you know. Uh, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of a lot more lying leftists than usual lately. Um, I have had some of those conversations where, uh, no, nobody was forced to get the vaccine. Well, yeah, they did this, this, and this. Oh, well, that's not forcing them. This whole two-year experience has been really telling about human psychology, and and this is like almost the equivalent of like learning what what was revealed from the Milgram experiments that most yeah. people are mm. are sheep. Yeah, well, it, it's also <laughs> yeah. convinced me. Uh, in a big way that we need a national divorce. Absolutely. James, uh, just another question for you. Are you a liberty-minded person? How would you describe yourself? Yes, I would describe myself as uh, a left libertarian, but I'm just moving further away from the left after, after you know, the Covidians. Have you considered, uh, when you leave Portland, have you considered migrating to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? That's that's an option. Yeah, there's. Uh, I'll tell you, it's it makes a huge difference when you're when you're embattled 
to actually have a group of people on your side and a growing group of people. So, um, yeah, there's nothing like it. Yeah, uh, we we hope you make it out and join us. Yeah, yeah come check out the uh, Pokemon Freedom Festival in Forkfest if you're uh, possibly interested. See what it's like up here. Or just come up anytime. There's always things going on here in New Hampshire, all across uh, southern New Hampshire, every single day of the week, I think. There's multiple oh, yeah. events uh, that are happening. The Free State Project has a calendar up on their website at uh, fsp.org. Well, the Bitcoin price has been down for a little while now. And when I say down... I mean down as compared to roughly the last year or oh, yeah. year and a half. Uh, so if you if you go back a year ago, the price was over forty thousand, maybe forty five, forty seven thousand dollars a year ago at this time. Uh, and so right now it's quote unquote down compared to that. However, the price as of now is also up compared to pretty much the majority of the history. A Bitcoin. If you go back two years, the price was at that time closer to $10,000. So it is still up compared to two years ago, but quote unquote down compared to now. So you always want to zoom out whenever you're looking at the, the Bitcoin price. You don't want to look at just the last week or the last month. You want to look at the last 10 years and see you know what that price uh, has been doing. And of course, over time, it has trended upwards. But uh, this story... Headline at the Wall Street Journal, Crypto Meltdown Exposes Hollowness of Its Libertarian Promise. <laughs> and, and now there's been a lot of hit pieces written about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin over the years. Hundreds of them, in fact. Uh, but you know, this one's a little bit unusual because it specifically attacks libertarianism at the same time that it's attacking uh, cryptocurrency. So I thought it was a, that made it kind of a special level of, uh, of hit piece. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it, they're coming out and saying it sounds like, you know, uh, what they're, you know, indirectly implying it elsewhere in other hit pieces. Yeah, well, that may be true. And we certainly don't read every hit piece here on Free Talk Live because there's too many of them. But every now and then it's fun to, to trot one of them out and, oh, for sure. and, and look at what they're, they're claiming. So Greg writes at the Wall Street Journal, to its advocates, cryptocurrency is at its heart a libertarian project to free mankind from the shackles of government. And I think we would all agree That's with that pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, most of all, it's power to debase a, quote, fiat, unquote, currency by printing more of it. Do Kwan, the South Korean cr- uh, creator of the stablecoin TerraUSD, regularly equated fiat currency to state violence. By the way, this, I think, was written after Terra took its big fall. Um I wouldn't call it violence. It's more like counterfeiting. So when inflation took off, crypto supporters were triumphant. Bitcoin's value, quote, is telling us that the central banks are bankrupt, that we are at the end of the fiat money regime, unquote. That according to venture capitalist and Bitcoin investor Peter Thiel, saying back in April. Then a funny Mm -hmm. thing happened. As the Federal Reserve responded to rising inflation by raising interest rates, and I love how they act as though the Federal Reserve is just responding to inflation. That, that it's yeah, not the it, creator It didn't it. cause it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. uh, he says, fiat currency rallied big time. Bitcoin has fallen 30% against the dollar since Thiel's comments. Terra USD, which was supposed to trade one for one with the dollar, now trades eight for one. And by the way, this is an old article. This was written, I think, in the midst of the Terra 
the Terra mm. collapsed. That thing is is oh, wow. completely okay. collapsed basically at, at this point. I think it's uh, last I looked was like at around two cents when it's mm. supposed to be a dollar. <laughs> so that thing is is uh, kaputs. But it was an interesting experiment. But claiming claiming that today's price of of Bitcoin is proof that Bitcoin is going to take over the world, no matter how high Bitcoin happens to be in the moment, is is like saying that a hot day proves global warming. Mm. Uh, it it just it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't make sense. People right. have uh, speculated on many things that haven't taken over the world. There are good reasons to believe that crypto is is valuable. You know, but the momentary price really isn't one of them. You know, and this is the thing. It's like even even if Bitcoin or uh, cryptocurrencies as we have them now are not perfect, which I certainly wouldn't argue that they are. I no never way. argued that. And I don't think Definitely anybody not. who... who it's been a, is awful. It's been a bumpy road <laughs> right. getting businesses around here to accept sure. cryptocurrency. It, it's not perfect, but yeah. it's it's what it is the it's the potential mm-hmm. it's 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 um it's the first bitcoin specifically is the first implementation of something that has been mm, talked about in uh what were the, the crypto the, um, uh punks cypherpunks yeah cypherpunks um, have talked about for decades for right? decades i mean i remember back in the 90s you know it was it was uh you know it you know it was something that would be awesome you know uh to see but you know it never happened it never came to be you know until i mean it i mean it did but it took a, it took long, a time, long time right well think about you know you talk about the 90s let's talk about the first time or the first number of years of the internet right like the right. earlier years of the internet there was no graphical user interface if the stock market did this right okay the world would be over but when crypto or Bitcoin does it, it it's not yeah, if because the stock it's gone, market was up twenty, uh, twenty thousand fold over right. the last decade. Right, and, and this is the this is the point. High. This is the point, right? Like if you if you put your money into Bitcoin, you know, uh, a decade ago, right, you're still doing unbelievably well. If Versus you put money if in you put it money two years ago, market, you're doing well. But right, and and that's yeah. the that's the point that I'm making, right? Like yeah. it it. it if you look at it in the very short term, yes, it it's not great, but it's not really that bad either as long as you just, you know, you're not getting out or whatever because ultimately you only lose when you sell. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um it's yeah. or at least at least sell in the short term, right? So yes. and the press only looks at the short term. They right. only look at what happened this week or what happened this month or whatever. They don't go yep. back and they don't have perspective. But regardless, he And when it's doing well, they generally don't talk about it at Correct. all. Correct. <laughs> uh so this guy is saying that uh that it's somehow a proof that the libertarian promise has been a failure. And he brings up Terra USD, which was a stable coin, what but is different from your typical stable coin in that it was what was called an algorithmic stable coin yeah. and there's an interesting that's theory. what we call bad plan well it was an interesting plan i gotta say it caught my attention uh i talked about it on the air on more than one occasion because it was rising up and it had risen into the top 10 of the the world's mm-hmm. most popular cryptocurrencies it was like getting into number eight or whatever when it first took its big hit and it yeah. went it completely crashed but there's a theory that the world bankers and the world governments targeted Terra for a takedown Mm -hmm. that they did not want this thing existing because basically Mm -hmm. that one of the key differences between it and your typical stablecoin for listeners that don't know a stablecoin is a cryptocurrency token that is backed by something 
supposedly there's mm-hmm. like with with the uh, the normal stable coins coins are supposedly dollars in a bank account so with uh, usdt or usdc they supposedly have dollars or the equivalent of dollars in some sort of investment account or bank account that they could go to if somebody said i want to get dollars from for my stable coins um yeah. but when most of them are not audited there's probably something like that out there that was originally Facebook's plan was mm-hmm. they were going to come up with this bu- this basket of currencies that they were going to create their own quote unquote stable coin that would be associated right, with right. but all you the- need is a bunch of currencies that always go up against the dollar and your problem is solved but then the government stepped in and said yeah we're not going to let you do that and they stopped so that never came to market it never came to fruition i don't know if there's anything else out there that's trying that that's a good yeah. good question it- most stable coins right now are tied to one specific asset. So it's either the dollar or the euro or an ounce of gold. They're actually mm-hmm. gold and silver sure. based uh, stables as well. And, I, think and I think that is I think that's better to fix it to to one thing mm-hmm. and let other people decide, well, I think this thing that they're fixed uh fixed at uh fixed on is is underpriced right now so i'm gonna invest in in their coin and i think this other thing that's backing another coin is overpriced right now so i'm gonna short it i think there were some issues with terror if i recall um that i was concerned about well the going yeah, bankrupt failed. thing was yeah. definitely an but, issue. but um backing up um it was based on certain other technologies that were still in their infancy and those are i believe what led to part part of what led to terra's downfall if i recall correctly ultimately um, what i think led to terra's downfall was the market just freaking out and it, it i think it would have worked if people had acted more rationally but they didn't and you can't expect sure. them to mm-hmm. uh and there was just this pile-on effect where everybody went and sold and yeah they, wasn't you know wasn't there a bug though in something that terra was connected to that also was the start of it Mm, I don't know anything about that. No, there was there's like this whole conspiracy theory about what kicked this thing off. And the theory is that it was, you know, BlackRock and these big mm-hmm. investment uh, government connected bankers and that well, sort of thing. They, they can definitely do that. I mean, I think one of the reasons they've got a lot of money to throw that, around well they do they've got a lot of dollars and they can just print more if they yeah. want yeah well so, um, and they don't want they, I, what the, they don't want is yeah they don't want algorithmic stable coins to succeed right, because it basically means that whoever mm-hmm. the creators are of these algorithmic stable coins then is able to print money into so, existence without actually counterfeiting the dollar because they're not counterfeiting mm-hmm. dollars they're just making tokens that are yeah. valued at a dollar let me let me which back is up a moment akin to violating the law of conservation of energy which is why i say it can't be done on uh uh reliably on the long term so so one of the things i just want to point out here is that you can have both both things be true right you could have a bug that was exploited and then a a group of people who took advantage of that to scare everybody which caused the crash right tomorrow night we're going to be doing the inaugural inaugural episode of beard talk live and that'll um, be after Free Talk Live is over. It'll start at roughly, we're going to say 10. We didn't really set a start time for that, did we? Um, Not really. I would I would say uh, let's go with uh, 1030. 10.30, yeah. Because yeah, we usually need a few um, minutes to do the show archives afterwards. But basically, this is, this is one of uh, many examples of, of what we call Freer Talk Live. Mm-hmm. And it, it's uh, direct to internet. It isn't broadcast over the airwaves and as a result of 
of that, we're able to be much more relaxed in the language that we that we use, or yes, uh, you know, whether we have hookers or blow, um, <laughs> and uh, and basically, it's 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 kind of a different vibe, and it's going to be myself, um, the captain, and uh, peakless mountaineer. Yeah, and, and you guys actually were on the air a few weeks ago when I was off on Saturday night. It sounded like you had a good time together. So I think yeah, be we a have good, a really good chemistry. Yeah. It's kind of a different vibe. Right. Um, and a bearded vibe as well. It's true. Because <laughs> all three of you have noteworthy beards, I guess you could say. It's true. We Oh, wow, we should eat clams one night so we can have the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to get that caught in my beard. Mm. It's sitting in there. Um, hey, uh, so check them out tomorrow night. That's 1030 Eastern time. Beard Talk Live. It's going to be, like you said, not on the radio, which means that you'll need to watch it on our video stream over at video.freetalklive.com. Of course, you can also mm-hmm. just listen to the audio. You don't have to sit there and, and watch it if you don't want to. But uh, but I think mm-hmm. Odyssey is probably going to be the primary streaming platform for that. So once again, that's mm-hmm. video.freetalklive.com. Crypto was different. It sought to replace the financial system altogether with one that was faster, cheaper, less under the thumb of government, and more accessible to the poor. And again, when he points out something that is correct, I think he deserves some credit. That is definitely the pitch behind cryptocurrency. That's what brought people like us in. And it's something that a lot of people have ignored is the the possibility that of of banking the poor, the possibility of and and of letting people who are unfortunate enough to live in places like venezuela or africa or 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 different places in africa at different times zimbabwe has been an example you know where they don't even have a way to store value at all sure um and that means that that unless they can accumulate land or something which most people uh, can't in those countries You're making a dollar a day or less in some uh, yeah. cases. well well there's that but also there, there's a great book by uh by an economist uh, a peruvian economist but who's ironically named hernando de soto mm. yeah i um, read one of his books and uh, it's called the mystery of capital mm-hmm. and and basically it talks about why uh why a lot of people fail in these markets and one reason is frequently even if they've built a house they don't actually own the land that their house is on and that means that they can't uh get a mortgage against it mm-hmm. uh which is one of the one of the major things that allows uh people in places like America to for example start a business a lot of times they'll the first step toward that's mortgaging your house so you have enough money to get started. Sure. Yeah, he wrote, I forget which book. Somebody sent me one of his books when I was in jail last year for the Crypto Six. And I don't think it was the one that you're talking about, but it was, I wish I could remember the title of it. It was really interesting and like kind of pretty economic, but also still written within grasp of, you didn't have to be like a scholar or whatever to actually pick it mm-hmm. up and read it. So I thought it was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I, f- I find his, I, I liked his writing style and and I really, that had always been a big question mark. Why don't, why don't people in other countries do what, what we do? Basically, the banks have been scamming people 
since the Roman Empire. So they've got the scamming thing down. Um, sure. And, uh, you know, and the, the problem... The the problem with with uh, with crypto is it's actually a harder problem than they're faced with solving because when the bankers lose their money, the government gives it back to them. Mm. Uh, they're not going to do that with us. Yeah, That's right. And it, and you people have to remember Visa and Mastercard. They don't dominate the planet. There's actually other payment systems around the world, like Asia, China. You know, they've mm. got a payment system. Um, I believe Russia has another payment system. There's uh, Europe has another uh, p- different type of payment system too. Mm. Um, and it, it's even different. There's different payment systems within. So I mean, people in the United States think Visa, Mastercard's everywhere, but that's actually not true. It's Yes, you will be they able are to use fairly it. ubiquitous. Well, you They're get, fairly ubiquitous. You can, in, they can take them well, anywhere because they well, have on. agreements so with other people. A lot networks. of back up a moment because a lot of places that you will travel, uh, like touristy places, they will have Visa and MasterCard accepted, mm-hmm. but that doesn't but they necessarily don't take mean American Express. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the point the, the point is simply that if you start to go off the beaten path, you will find that a lot Less of, of them. Uh, yeah, it, you won't find it. Like it that makes sense. It, it goes down drastically in terms of the adoption. And a lot of countries, mm-hmm. you know, people don't even have debit cards or credit cards. Um, you know, sure. it's it's this is a, this is something that is. It, I don't want to say it's it's only in the United States. Obviously, it's not. There's other countries like Canada and Europe. UK. Well, and, that's why it would be hard. It's hard I know to a good get portion businesses. of Europe, but it's still way less in Europe than it is in the United States. That's why it's a challenge, or it would have been a challenge, to get businesses to accept cre- uh, credit cards back in the day. Because why would a business want to give up three percent or whatever the rate was back then of their mm-hmm. profits? Or three percent of more their more the percent of their profit three percent of their revenue. I'm pretty uh, sure they weren't charging that three percent fee when they like started. like an introductory fee. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. I would I would imagine that that was something that that developed after they had already shifted the the economic reality. Startup uh, startup. Often don't make money initially, and then sure. they they come up with a business well, model. Later, I think so. they were making money, but I think they had a different different business model. Well, it started off with um, I believe uh, business. Uh, I believe it was uh, hotels and restaurants. It was maybe? diners club, weren't they? The um, first one. Yes, I do yeah. believe, and mm-hmm. it was it was definitely not this. You know, it was accepted everywhere kind of thing. It was accepted almost nowhere, of course, and it was targeted at business sa- uh, traveling salesmen. One of the best reasons why it can't crypto can't be categorized as money is because it's not stable. And generally, when when you think about well, mo- money, you think about something that's that's stable. But it is something that can exchange well, value. The dollar is only stable against the dollar. Yes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and currencies, and you kind of and have to, Bitcoin is a hundred percent stable yep. uh, against Bitcoin. You have to really <laughs> compare it against. Uh, yeah. Uh, currencies in general, I think not. I don't know if it's fair to compare well, it against, compare it against the dollar what it buys. specifically. You can right? compare it against what it buys, and sure. and Bitcoin buys well, a lot more now. Twenty-two thousand bitcoins yeah. bought a pizza right. twenty years ago, or however long ago. So it by was. that definition, it's not stable. You don't get the same amount of pizzas yeah. for a bitcoin as you I mean, do well, today. I would rather have something going up than have it stable. Oh, I agree with you. I I'm mean, not... people, people, people will say, "Oh, well, Bitcoin isn't good money because it goes up and." down and i'm like are you saying that the dollar is good money because no, it always think, goes down i'm not saying i'm not saying that i know you're certainly not. but 
you know, if you look at a question, go online, look up what are the factors, you know, what defines money? There's usually a few different factors, and one of them is generally the idea of stability, that, that you know that today you're going to be able to spend X amount so, of Bitcoin and get X amount of soda pop from you know the local I think that's not true of any currency. I think, that, I think the counter-argument here against that really, Ian, is that if you look at, say, the Canadian dollar, right? We, normally we think of the Canadian dollar as stable, too, but it dropped 40% over a couple of years. Sure. Is that, is that now? just that came down twenty five percent. Right? Whatever, is that right? not? Are those not? Yeah, the euro is that, almost at parity with the dollar. Correct. Is now. that not money though? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, don't think stability has anything to do with the definition of of money. What makes something money is uh, wide acceptance. Okay, and and I don't obviously, even, I don't even think it has to be wide. Bitcoin acceptance. does not have. Well, I mean. It's it depends on how you define the market also. Right? I mean because you what you could say Are you saying only the US dollar? What then? you could because, say and about, even that's not widely uh, accepted about cryptocurrency is that basically it defined its own market. And within that market it is money. Sure. Because within that market everybody trades mm-hmm. it because if they weren't trading it, they wouldn't be within that market. Ah, Sakura Blue. The incredible shrinking dollar. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Well, you remember last night you guys were talking about the incredible shrinking skittle. And uh, I, I talked to you off air about the incredible shrinking pound. I noticed 20 years ago, those little sacks of coffee were only like 12 and three quarter ounces. <laughs> but then it came to mind to me later, the greatest and first insult where this actually happened Affected every hippie in America and was caused by the French. Damn the French. I don't. All right. Well, you remember the old double wide packs of white zigzags? Hmm. Back in the 70s, there was 100 of them. Then they went to 32. And what are they today? Are they still 32? Still 32. Okay. Still 32. Zigzag has actually come out with a. Uh, a hemp product that is a longer one, like the French zigzags were, and uh, you know, one, a one and a quarter paper is what they call it. Mm-hmm. But I got them. I can get them down here at the corner store for a buck and a quarter for fifty. Good fifty papers in a bag. So I don't know. It's kind of weird. The poor, it turns out, don't need a new currency. They need cheaper ways to use the old one. Crypto makes day-to-day transactions <laughs> more expensive, not less. How so? Where yeah. Where is this logic coming from, and how does he, he get there? He must be doing the new math. To, to oh, that explains it. I'm guessing he's talking about Bitcoin, which if you're just talking about Bitcoin BTC or Ethereum, the two top cryptos, then yeah, it mm. does make transactions more expensive, well, and that's why it sucks for poor mm, people to use although, BTC. Uh, I, I did a $3,000 crypto transaction today. Uh, for seventeen cents, yeah, so it, still a lot less than it would have cost me to wire yeah, that I, money from a bank. I'm, Cheaper than a wire I'm transfer. Yeah, still a little skeptical of that, only because, I mean, you're, you're the 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 costs that you're paying if you pay with, um, you know, like a credit card are hidden from you, yes, but they're still true. being passed on to 3% you. Three percent typically right. is pretty so, common. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, this is this is kind of. Uh, eh. Well, but I, true. I think he's engaging in some voodoo economics. I'm gonna get. I'm yeah. gonna give him credit on this one. This is a fact for for poor people. He says specifically for the poor, 
right? You're going and you make a $3,000 transfer. Okay, 17 cents is nothing. But if you're that person in Africa making a dollar a day, 17 cents is very significant. And that's why Bitcoin BTC sucks as a currency. Um, it well, sucks. it's certainly not as good as BCH. Yeah, or anything um, else yeah, except for Ethereum. It's, I mean, really, it's really, by comparison, right? So. Yeah. Well, and right, and by comparison, yeah. every other cryptocurrency except for Ethereum, so Bitcoin, sorry, Bitcoin mm-hmm. BTC and Ethereum tend to have pretty high fees, and that's because they have not scaled very well sure. at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Bitcoin Cash or Dash or a bunch of other cryptos out there have very, mm-hmm. very low fees. Stellar, and, very, very low. And the amazing thing here is, it's not that they didn't scale. Because they didn't know how. Yeah, they didn't want they to. They didn't have the, have the algorithm. Mm. They chose not to. And, uh, and, and this, I think, is very important because yes. the, one, of the, one of the big causes of, of volatility in the crypto market, I believe, is, is the wide swings of BTC. Mm-hmm. And everything, everything tends tends to follow track it. with that. Yeah. Um, but but the interesting thing about about BTC, it's the only cryptocurrency that's been hyped by the mainstream media. Exactly the same mainstream media that works for the bankers and the government mm-hmm. and lies and lies and lies. So why are they are they pushing these? two particular coins that happen to be really expensive to use. BTC will never do micropayments. Uh, that's just, uh, I mean, unless they come to their senses and, but and they used change. To, there was a time when you could do micropayments yeah. with Bitcoin BTC, and then they ruined it. What yeah. seems like purposefully, as we were discussing yeah, they earlier, kamikaze'd it. with the it's, bankers, basically. And that's my belief. And and that explains also, though, it, the the way they maintain the control then is by keeping the price of bitcoin high mm-hmm. and as long as they can keep us thinking short-sightedly thinking about short-term uh profit instead of thinking of long-term technical economic and political gain then they can use BTC as that shiny object just by keeping keeping the price so high, um, you know. And of course, cost to that to them of of that of and and I think they've been per, uh, periodically pumping and dumping it, which is one of the reasons that that it goes up and down so much. Yeah. Well, um, now the the downside of that for. Uh, for them is that if we play our cards right and if we uh and if we assume that that's what btc is going to be used for then basically we can suck a lot of money out of the corrupt bankers of the world and invest it in cryptocurrencies that really have technical promise for the future 
All right. And and on the price of Bitcoin, you mentioned that a lot of other cryptos kind of follow the price of Bitcoin. And eventually mm-hmm. we're hoping to see that stop where other yeah. cryptos can go up and down on their own volition because the market starts to value them for what they can actually do rather mm-hmm. than value them for number might go up. Just looking at it as this basic investment of buy low, sell high. I think you've got two mm-hmm. different groups of people in the world of crypto. You've got the originals like people like us who came in for the principles of the idea of getting out of the state's money system and getting into something that we have control over. And then you got the hookers, Lambos, and and, and blow bros. The ones that just want to see number go up, and that's all they care about. They don't care about the technicals. They don't care about the vision or anything like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I I think one of the things people have to remember is a lot of these cryptos, they're just just copies of Bitcoin. That's That's right. Mm -hmm. Tweaks to them, right? Well, Um, there's a difference between copying something and Mm -hmm. doing some slight tweaks and actually you know mm-hmm. making doing some sort of really mm-hmm. innovative uh, like monero that's yeah like right monero I mean, would be a good example of something that's more innovative it's not just mm-hmm. a copy of bitcoin if if you look at the at the number of computer programs that have been written uh in history chances are over 50 percent of the computer programs ever written were hello world the drive to mine Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies is driving innovation as far as power and efficiency is concerned to, to mm-hmm. mine this stuff. So the, the miners are getting more efficient every single generation. They're using that power that they're mm-hmm. given in, uh, in much more efficient ways. So that's also yeah. helping. Um, the, the problem with that, though, is, is the, uh, the way the algorithm of, of Bitcoin um, works if you double the amount of miners, you do not thereby double the um, you double the amount of work that's done. Correct. Yeah, the difficulty but increases. But you do not double the value of what's accomplished. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, what, what's accomplished stays at at a fixed rate, mm. um, and that's uh, and, and that just says to me that eventually. People are going to come up with a more uh, a more cost effective solution to some of some of the problems that Bitcoin uh, that Bitcoin solves um, and and more power to them mm-hmm. because uh, or less power to them um, because they don't need as much right. power. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Sam Damwood in the Facebook chat says. Uh, this is the guy who said he can't spend it anywhere near here. He says, I do very little business online because your suggestion was, well, just, just spend well, you it should online. Do more. Uh, he says, can't buy a gun for my neighbor with it or a quart of milk. And I said, well, you need new neighbors. Yeah, move yeah. to New Hampshire. <laughs> I, I don't have any guns, but I can sell you some milk. Yeah, there's all kinds of and people And a lot here. of people out here do have guns. Yeah. I'm just a felon now, yeah. so I don't. There's a lot of people here in New Hampshire who accept cryptocurrency for payment. We have the largest libertarian migration, and I would Mm -hmm. say the bulk of the people that come here are interested in cryptocurrency, and those that weren't interested when they come here get interested, usually Mm -hmm. because they find themselves surrounded Mm -hmm. by people who are asking them, hey, do you take crypto? And then eventually they're going to have to say yes if they want the business, you know, so. Well, they're going to have to say yes, and also... They, um, you know, when you see it in use every day, mm-hmm. that's a lot different than just knowing a bunch of hodlers. 
you are on probation, but mm-hmm. you are not restricted from doing crypto things. So how would people send you such a contribution? Well, I my my uh, if if you if you put my uh, my my QR code through a modem, it would come out. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so just translate that. Um, but if you can't translate that. Then uh, give give it give it a little bit, and there will be a page up at invisiblehand.church that will have all of my okay. various uh, payment information. So it's not there yet. It's not there okay, yet. Okay, got it. Uh, uh, could they email you? Uh, yes, if you email me and at you, what address? Uh, I would send it to uh, dev at copblock dot app. D e v at copblock dot app. And you'll be supporting the next iteration of uh, of uh, of uh, Cell Four One One, which has been on the verge of release for quite some time <laughs> yeah. now, and it remains on the verge of release. You're really teasing it, but but it keeps getting better yeah. as it does. You know, well, the thing is, I'm a perfectionist, <laughs> and I keep moving the goalposts. Mm, Perfection is the enemy of the complete. This is well, it is, and and that's the thing is is I. Uh, we we were talking about the the trouble of one man bands mm-hmm. over over the speech. And my big problem with with one man bands is really when I've done when I've done the bulk of 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 getting it out. What I really need is for somebody else just to take it and polish it up and put it out. Well, I keep working on, on the next major revision. So you need uh, somebody else to help you with the program is what you're saying. Yeah. I need, <laughs> I need other people involved and not just, in, not just in, in programming. Mm-hmm. I need a web designer. I need uh, somebody to go out and yeah, actually the ask stuff. people for money. Um, I need uh, and 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 promote, um, and once it's re- I need testers, and once it's released, then we're going to need a great gang of evangelists mm-hmm. um, out there, and basically not only uh, encouraging other people to use it, but I think the best way to to do that is. Use it yourself. Sure. Be on patrol mode and be be Johnny on the spot when somebody needs help. The only cryptocurrency that gets talked about in the mainstream is the worst one out there because a lot of people are going to look at BTC and are going to say, oh, okay, this is what cryptocurrency yeah, is. Sucks. I can't do microtransactions with right. this. This won't power my internet of things or whatever. Right. Uh, and and walk away disappointed. Well, there's 10,000 other projects out there and some of them will do those things that you need. Yeah. And... Uh, Yeah, this just seems so manipulative to me just because it's like if you start comparing these things like I mean, often they'll charge you three percent more for if you use a credit card or debit card or something like that. And, you know, it like pretending like that, you know, people with less money don't use those things is is, is kind of. Well, they they do use those. Yeah, they do. So but uh, um, but but the thing is, they shouldn't be. 
yeah. they should be doing something that costs them a fraction of a penny rather than $3 in, in transactions. Well, and if more businesses gave discounts for cash and crypto and mm. charged more for paying with debit cards and credit cards, you'd start to see a shift in how people pay for things. Yeah, there's there yeah. are a lot of businesses that, that give discounts there's for stuff. There's not enough of them. Maybe not yeah, enough. Not I'll, enough. G- I'll give you that. Not enough. But there are still quite a few, especially smaller businesses. Um, a lot of them will give you a discount, like Mini Moose Marts. Um, I mean, that's kind of not that's a great example. That's one of our but, friends, though. I mean, th- it, there but, but it's not many. applicable just to us. Yeah. It's applicable to anybody who goes in there. And there's others out there. But that's an actual 5% discount. But there's other places. Little are, Zoe's yeah. um, gives a discount. Um, I, again, I mean, that's not that's not us. That's that's other people sure. doing it. Um, I'm trying to think where else, but there's but a lot of places. Behavior. A lot of places online. There's a lot of places online that'll give you a two two percent or more discount is, um, uh, for crypto or is, cash. Is that place that that used to discount Amazon.com? Yep, that still uh, exists. Uh, Saveitpurse.com. Saveitpurse.com. Yeah. Those yep. guys that's are great. Five there. to thirty percent off anything on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, so another straight up lie from this guy. He claims transaction charges range from a dollar seventy eight to sixty two sixty two dollars. <laughs> That's not and true. Wow. that hasn't been true for a long and time. It I hasn't mean, been that long for Ethereum. It was never true for. Uh, but he was talking about Bitcoin, right? Any coin except BTC. It's been true for Ethereum in recent. Okay, uh, Ethereum. Years as well. That's true. Uh, yeah. BTC and Ethereum are the. Uh, are the two and the strange thing about that with ethereum the the big value that i see in ethereum is the ability to be a distributed computer i wanted to call about just the um various types of libertarianism and kind of the tensions in the so-called you know movement if there really is but you know the quasi movement um you know a, a lot of people derive libertarian ideas maybe it's a quasi movement where you are it's a real movement where we are (laughs) well well yeah of all places of of course um but uh, a lot of people seem to derive their ideas from uh, very different places sometimes coming into some similar views and sometimes some very different views blah 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 if you're in anywhere in the libertarian sphere you kind of you kind of know that so when it comes down to like what we broadly would call like and this is just our lingo i guess within liberty ideas uh, maybe the left libertarians or the right-wing libertarians, but specifically when it comes down to, I have ideas that can be very much in, 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 with sympathies in either direction with the, you know, the traditionalists, conservatives, you know, religious people, but also, you know, the, the very, the liberatory, um, emancipatory aspect of like, you know, you know, um, comprehensive liberty but when it comes down to people, when it comes down head to head to people that like derive their libertarianism from, you know, some of the early works of Rothbard, the classical liberal traditions, the, you know, the, the older American anarchist traditions of, of like li- of liberty, and then like, you know, Hoppians and like, uh, you know, Curtis Yarvinite, you know, neo reactionaries and monarchists and stuff. I have to every time side with the full on liberal the radical liberals the the libertarian neoliberals any of those folks. i think you're going off way off into the weeds honestly i mean even as somebody who is a, a libertarian <clears throat> you're losing me man i don't even know half of these different uh philosophies you're talking well, about the, the, the hoppians the hoppians and what the, is that the, what does that mean of uh, hans herman i know who he's talking about but but our listeners don't probably don't 
You have to remember, you're, you're, you're talking to a general audience of radio listeners. So can you explain this? Well, I, I think a lot of people, if they, if they encounter libertarian ideas outside of, of, the, of that world, and they do, you know, they, they do hear the word libertarian, the, you know, the first thing they think of these days maybe isn't some kind of like, I don't know, um, Goldbug or even like a Ron Paul guy or a Rothbardian, you know, dude. It's, it's a, a you know, closed borders kind of race and IQ, Stefan Molyneux. How, what makes you say What does that have to do with libertarianism? A tool that monitors how long kids are in the bathroom is now in a thousand American schools. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Why do they want to know? Because ain't nobody got time. For that. This is creepy. Uh, so this is a story from Vice, and it's called apparently uh, the technology is called the E Hall Pass. Um, I don't know if it's called E. e it might be E Hall Pass Monitor. I'm not entirely sure, um, okay. but it's definitely E Dash Hall Pass, and it's designed to track students' movements. Of course, it is. Which. It makes it even more creepy the way they worded it. Their bowel um, movements? Or <laughs> what kind of movements? Yeah, I don't know. It's not clear. Oh okay. Um, but, yeah. E-Hall Pass, a digital system that students have to use to request t- to leave their classroom and which takes note of how long they've been away, including to visit the bathroom, has spread into at least a thousand schools around the United States. The okay, system- public schools are child abuse, just... Just Absolutely. to mention that real quick, get your kids out. I, I'm, 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 I'm failing to understand, like what, like why would you need to mo- or want to monitor this? Like uh, the system, because you get off on getting deep up in other people's business. Because they always want to know where kids are. I remember years ago. I don't even remember. It. I think I was out of the school bathroom? at this time, but it's some sometime within the last 15 years or so, they introduced RFID tracking badges for all students to where the excuse was, oh, we need to know if they're in the class, we can take uh, take roll. Remember back when you were in school, yeah. they might have like called names for taking roll or whatever? Yeah, they didn't even do that. That worked fine. They did do that when I when I was in okay. school at one time. Uh, but now they will have a uh, an RFID badge that they wear every day yep. in school. And when they go into the class, then the computer will automatically know who's there and who's not. This is taking that to a to a different level. It, it this is like. so disgusting. The, I mean, the best schools that I went to actually got you to come in instead of doing it by taking attendance. They did it by being interesting enough that you wanted to hear what they had to say. Yeah, I mean, this is this is why I've always objected to student IDs um, or li- like any kind of licensing mm-hmm. or license plates or you know driver's license, like all these 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 they're means of tracking people, and it, it doesn't end there. It all, they always extend it and extend it, and extend it, and yeah, it, it may take another decade or something, but it gets creepier and creepier and creepier the more mm-hmm. you know it goes in that direction. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.